And the whole time we were there, from morning to afternoon, he had the smoker going. Like, there was something cooking all day, every day. And, man, it was just a meat fest. It was so much food. <laughs> it was so good. I tell you. It was uh, it was quite the quite the feast. Yeah, it's uh, what still wouldn't call it a meat fest. The year is 2020, and you're listening to episode 173 of PHP Ugly. I just guessed it's 173. Actually, I don't even know what episode we're on. <laughs> I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me on this beautiful New Year, my friend John Condon. Hello, hello. And Thomas Rideout. Hello from the future. <laughs> I guess we should be confirmation. Is it 173 or is it 172? Or it is, it is 173. Holy smokes, I just pulled that out my ass. That's how good I am at this now. <laughs> I can just make things up and make them a reality. You've you've gotten so good at pulling things out of your ass now that it's it's almost a second nature. It just comes comes naturally to me. Happy New Year to two of my good friends in the world, and then to you two as well. How are you two doing? Did you have a good holiday? It's been it, but forever since we've talked. Yes. At, at, at least not on this show, right? We have not recorded in a very long time. Matter of fact, I hinted in a in a in a tweet that we may be done recording, but nobody caught. <laughs> nobody seemed too concerned about it, so I figured, well, maybe we should just go ahead and keep recording. How was everybody's holiday? Quiet. Sent two of the kids off to San Diego. Got to stay here and relax. It was very very nice for the whole holiday, or just for a, a few days. Uh, for a week, week and a half. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it makes things a lot easier to have just the one kid in the house who doesn't wake up until four o'clock in the afternoon. So you don't have to, don't have to deal with them for a few hours and then you you go to bed. Yep. So yeah, it's it's, it's a fine balance. Why did one stay back? Uh, because he doesn't like San Diego and doesn't like visiting his what? his family there. What is there not to like about San Diego? That's all I gotta say. Yeah, his dad. Uh, yeah, I gotta admit I don't like him either. <laughs> That's the worst part of San oh, Diego. Yeah. How was yours, John? You you're you're the one with the kids that are right in that sweet spot right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you uh, get the question yet? No. Not yet. Mm-hmm. He's only five. I mean I th- I think he knows, but you know, yeah. one day he'll learn where babies come from. I I understand. <laughs> yeah, from Santa. <laughs> no, they they both got their one gift from from Santa and they loved it and uh my five year old wanted a rock tumbler. I don't think you realize that you put the rocks into the rock tumbler and then you just let it sit there for a week. And then you do it again for another week. And then another week. <laughs> what made him want a rock tumbler? That's he, he kind is, of an odd gift. He is so big into gems, like gemstones mm-hmm. and minerals and uh geodes. For some reason that that's just what he's into. And he saw this thing in a magazine. Mm-hmm. He's like he asked what it was, and I think Jackie kind of explained what it did. Jackie, my wife, and that that was what he wanted the whole Christmas season. The one that was the only thing he put onto his list to Santa to make sure that that was the one thing he got. A rock tumbler. And then my my three year old got his skateboard that he's been wanting, so he's on cloud nine. 
though. Uh, you need to get that kid in, get in there and, and using that one wheel we got. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, nothing uh, nothing better than a kid that you can't catch at twenty five miles an hour. <laughs> Three year old kid just tearing down the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the wife would love that as he like falls off and tears a groin like Uncle Eric did. Oh my goodness! Yeah, let's not relive <laughs> that one, please. Have you recovered uh, from I'm that sure yet? He's, he's a little bit more flexible. Yeah, yeah. The the massaging you did on it really helped. I appreciate uh, it. No worries. I'm glad <laughs> I could help. Really helped me along. Appreciate. It. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I went to Texas, um, which was not my first time in Texas. We we obviously went to Longhorn a couple times, uh, a couple years back, but. Um, it was fun. We were up in the Dallas area, Fort Worth area, uh, hung out with family. It went really well. I, I was a little stressed about it. Um, you know, whenever you get family together, it always seems to be a little stressful. Uh, but I tell you, everybody had an absolute blast. So it was a good time. Did you find a new house? You moving? <laughs> for, for, for a brief moment, Texas was back on the map. The wife was like, well, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about Texas? And I'm like, I think it's pretty flat. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not so, worried about sliding off the map or anything? You know, uh, he, he likes his states nice and thick. Nice and curvy. <laughs> big mountains. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was all right. I mean, we, we, we literally just stayed at my nephew's house. Um, we went between the hotel and his his house, and then we one day we went to uh, what they call the stockyard, which is like uh, you know our equivalent here in San Diego is like Old Town, where you know they're like older buildings and stuff. But uh, it, that was pretty cool. What was really weird is when we went to leave, uh, our flight was out of Dallas Love, which is an airport right downtown. Dallas. So we went down there early, figured, you know, might as well see Dallas while we're here. And it was Sunday, really nothing going on. We we just stopped at this random parking lot and parked. And I kind of looked down the road. I'm like, well, there's people standing down there. I wonder what's going on down there. And we walked down there. And next thing you know, we're standing on the grassy knoll. <laughs> and we're in like the. You know the, the the little triangle of death there, where you know, JFK got you know picked off and assassinated, and I'm like, and I just it just didn't occur to me. Like I didn't, I wasn't walking there in anticipation to see it or anything. I had I had no thought process of it, and I showed up, and like you see it in so many documentaries, you you watch it so many times on the History Channel, and you walk up on it, and it's like, holy crap, I know where I'm at. It was so weird, man. He was just—he was driven to it as if by some instinct. <laughs> yeah, no, it was—it was interesting. It was, uh, but it was—it was fun to you know be in Texas, be with family. Um, I think the stay was perfect. We were just there for a few days. Uh, it was a good time because we had family that flew in from the East Coast. Um, my sister and mother, who was in Arizona, came to Texas, and then. We came out from California, so it was good. It was a good get together. It's, it sounds chaotic having that many people get together. 
And they all stayed in the same house with the exception of us. They, they wanted us to stay with them. And I'm like, no, I, I'm, I'm very, very paranoid about sleep. As John will tell you, I, I, I don't even share a room with John when we travel. Oh, uh, I know. It's very all action. And then you it. kick him out to his own room. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It's like I, we don't need to, we don't need to cuddle afterwards. Yeah. But, uh, so we ended up don't usually cuddle after pair programming. <laughs> um, so, but they they all seem to they all were having a they seem to get along. And I was I was telling a friend of mine, you know my my brother uh, my nephew uh, he is to his industry like we are to coding, and his industry is the meat industry. So I know this isn't going to excite John, but. He's like he's into meat at a whole different level. I mean, this guy is he he was he started off as a butcher. He's he's earned his way through the ranks now. Now he runs all the butcheries for this grocery chain. But it's not only running the butchery shops. It's you know hunting. It's you know he's like explaining these cuts of meat and these different. You know, I mean, he gets so into it. And the whole time we were there, from morning to afternoon, he had the smoker going. Like, there was something cooking all day, every day. And, man, it was just a meat fest. It was so much food. <laughs> it was so good. I tell you. It was, uh, it was quite, the, quite the feast. Yeah, it's uh, what still wouldn't call it a meat fest. You would call it meat fest, a sausage fest. You no, would, you, I would stay away from stay away did, from that one. Did, did all those terms uh, mean bad things? I don't know. There was there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of meat there, but any uh, and he was so proud of it. Yeah, any coding stuff? You know, it's been what three weeks now. Yeah, three week, yeah, three weeks off, right? Doesn't everyone get yeah. take a month off at this time of year from their from their podcast i don't know i'd have to check with the other uh middle-aged men that i hang out with <laughs> do you take do you take three weeks off your podcast uh apparently well i got a question for you thomas yeah I got a question for you uh, do you uh do you use a windows environment for your development uh no not really i have a windows environment but i use it for most of my extracurricular stuff just browsing and youtube and stuff Okay, you use Linux for development. Yeah, yeah, I'm still using uh, Ubuntu. I, I'm I'm trying not to be too picky on the topic, but you know, we we recently we're going through um, a little bit of a hiring phase right now. Uh, we have some junior developers coming on, which is something new to us. We weren't we weren't really kind of ever thinking we'd be in the position to, to do junior developers, but we have some junior developers coming on. And we have developers, existing developers, who are window developer or who have Windows machines. And I tell you what, it really seems like the Windows developers struggle with their development environment. Uh, I, I'm just curious. It's been so long since I've used Windows, and I know it sounded like there for a while Windows was making like this big comeback. Like a lot of people were talking about Windows machines again. But man, with there's the, a learning the curve. Yeah, but it's um, but it's all Docker. Why should there be such a learning curve? Because it's the Docker for Windows executables. But if you're using the the new Ubuntu or the the Linux PowerShell, you're running 
Windows executables as if they were Linux executables. So you sort of have to get get used to this weird 50-50 environment that you're in. Also, you know, I mean, the file the file systems in Linux are much more conducive to development, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Doesn't have the weird, bizarre, long names that everything has in Windows. Um, mm. But, I mean, it shouldn't be too difficult. It's just, it, if you get Docker up and going, then everything else should be pretty fluid. Docker seems to be a real sticking point for a lot of them. Um, many of them just go back to virtual machines running Ubuntu. Uh, you know, like I don't want to say old school because it really isn't that old, but they just fire up a VM with Ubuntu on it and, and configure the VM how they need it. But well, I don't know. I, I was surprised. I was surprised to see how much of a challenge it was for Windows developers. Still. Me. Yeah, that I, is strange. It doesn't. I thought. I thought Microsoft was tied to Docker somehow. Like, why is Docker so difficult on Windows? Is there no? Well, so one of the things that you have to understand is that Docker has a very low-level communication through the kernel in Linux, and Windows is developing support for that. But I believe it's only in the server space right now. Mm. Um, I don't think that the direct, the low-level, um, I think it's LXE engine is completely there for Windows 10 yet. Mm. Um, and, you know, I mean, everything is more difficult with, with Windows. That's just the way it is. That's mm. true. I was just curious. I was just curious if, if you used it uh, on a regular basis or or not. Well, I, I tried getting it set up when I started playing with uh, the Linux PowerShell hybrid thing, and uh, not understanding what I was doing was what got me in trouble there. Uh, <laughs> if I had known mm-hmm. that you have to do everything through Windows as far as install- installing the executables and stuff instead of through apt-get, then mm-hmm. it would have gone a lot smoother. You know, it really wasn't, uh, wasn't too bad. Yeah, I, I have a Windows VM on my machine just because one of our, one of the clients we uh, we work with uh, there there's these edge cases where we have to file up a, a terminal, um, whatever it is, to connect to the Windows terminal service, uh, and and it's very particular. It's very high security, and it's the the Mac version doesn't have the correct security level. It has to be Windows, so. Blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, Windows image, uh, but I rarely rarely use it, and uh, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, whatever. I I always thought it was kind of to the point now where it really didn't matter what platform you were on. Like development environments just kind of leveled out, and it was it was kind of an even playing ground for everybody, especially with Docker and stuff. But I, I guess it doesn't. I, I don't know. I think yeah, I think once you're up and running, it is, but. Getting to that point seems to be fairly difficult, mm-hmm. which is frustrating. <clears throat> so yeah, what uh, PHP seven four is now out, and we have some seven versions of seven that are now dead, dead, <laughs> unsupported. Seven one, fully dead. Yeah. yeah. So seven four is out, and we got we got eight. Eight on the horizon. Fun stuff. 
I got a new uh, video card. What's that do for you? Uh, it just gives me higher, faster graphics with better shine. It really all it's done so far is point out the other components I need to replace. <laughs> so That's not the way it always is. You're always chasing. Yeah, You're always chasing it. Well, not not realizing how old my my gaming setup is has been uh, a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 from I found out 2016. Oh my gosh, three years, four years. Now? Well, as how do you a, work on that? As a gamer, that's quite old. Mm. Well, what are you playing that you need that kind of horsepower for nowadays? Fallen Order. Don't you have a Don't you have a job? The, and a fam- the new Star Wars game. It's amazing. But don't you have a a job and family and responsibilities? When do you have time to game? Uh, you know, in between all that, like two in the morning. Yeah, who needs sleep? So yeah. are you the one of you guys uh, New Year's uh, New Year's resolution people? Do you guys do those sort of things? Nope. Uh, no, John I, I am not. I I feel like I want to. I want to be a better business person, especially now with the uh, changes we've been making to the business. But that that's my my only thing is how how do I do things better now, especially in light of. You know, losing people and gaining people. Handling well, what do you clients. think you're not, not doing well? I mean, what what do you what, do you have an example of what you think you, you need to do better? Just you do a way better job of uh, working with the developers. Like I know, I know who's working kind of where, but not down to what they're working on and the work they're producing and just that type of stuff. I do more mm. on the business right. side of things, not the actual work side of things. I was about to say, I mean, I always thought that was kind of a divide. Like, I mean, if I have to pay people, I, I can. Well, fortunately, we don't have to worry about that now. But there was a time where, you know, you and I would physically go into a system to pay people. And I, I think I had to do it, like, twice. It's like, yeah, I could get it done. But it's <clears> more, I always figured you were more the business person. And I was more, like, boots on the ground sort of guy. Yeah. We actually have to... An issue we're dealing with now, I don't know how much we should get into it. Um, like dealing with clients that micromanage down to seems to be a scenario now. Down to they want it, like I understand wanting to see the code. Okay, you want to see the code? That's fine, we'll show you the code. But they're getting down to the database and table and field names. It's like you realize it doesn't necessarily Mm. impact anything, you don't need to. You're the you're the owner of the business. You should be you should be about the process. Tell us how the business runs so that we can develop for it. And instead, it's down to the minutia. And when it does come to the process that they should know, what they should know front to back, everything in between, they want us to to get it. They're not going to tell us all the details. They want to hint around. And until we until it clicks in our head and, and we all of a sudden see their vision, it's like no, that's not how this should work. Yeah, 
So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been a real challenge for us on a couple of, of clients actually, and yeah, it's, it's something we're one of the things John and I are constantly talking about. Like once we get into a project, we're first thing John, John and I are probably the most critical of our group the moment pro, you know projects start, and immediately we start we start to kind of identify as like, okay, what do we do wrong here? And nine times out of ten, quite honestly, what we do wrong is we let clients push us around too much because, you know, we're trying to we're trying to play that that really weird game of you know, listen, trust us, we know what we're doing, we'll develop this for you, but I understand why you don't trust us because this is your baby and something you want done a certain way, and so you know, we're constantly trying trying to manage that relationship. But I, I tell you, if you really don't, if you don't put your foot down, man, you, it just, it, it's a struggle. It's like John said, we, it's kind of hard to get into because obviously, I mean, you know, they're clients and, you know, they mean a lot to us. And the end of day, you know, we want to, we want what they want. I mean, like we don't have any clients where we're like, you know, this project's stupid. We we we're just doing it for the money. We don't have anything like that. You know, we're just we're we're constantly trying to give them what they want and and make the product better than they anticipate. I mean, that's always our goal, but it's challenging, man. And fortunately, John is uh that's where John's cool head prevails because I have a I have a ten, I have a tendency to to be a little bit more emotional on, on those <laughs> topics. <laughs> so, but uh, I got so so going down that that path a little bit. Um, you're a big you're a big fan of your project manager, Thomas, and this is like one of the topics that John and I talk about because you know we're wondering if having a project manager, a dedicated project manager in place, would be something that would help lower these issues of these communication issues uh, with clients. What is it about your project manager? I mean, what does your project manager do and why is it that you enjoy working with them? Well, she wants to understand the, the root problem of anything that comes up. So when I say that's going to take an extra week and it's pointless, she wants to understand why it's going to take so much time and why I think it's pointless. And I can have a very honest conversation with her about that where she can go back to the people who make the decision and say, the concern is this. She can word it very nice and and flowery and she can defend my position if she agrees with my position. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's very thankful for the work that we do too. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for someone who appreciates the employees working for them. I mean, I've always stated that I, I've never been a fan of project managers, and I've never worked with a project manager I thought was was worth anything. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not hearing from you. You know what what would what would motivate me to to get a project manager, like pay somebody to be a project manager? Well, her position is as far as dealing with me is purely as a go between for the requirements and the bosses they mm-hmm. they give her the the 
commands, and she passes it on to me. Um, the fact that there is very little technical understanding at the top means that there's this sort of gradiating technical understanding to get to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your in your situation, you have technical understanding of the issues top down. You guys know all of the issues. You kind of are project managers. So it it sounds it's not her title isn't really project manager. It should be more like product owner. I believe that she. I'm just part of her job. Right. She's she's dealing with a lot of other people and juggling a lot of things all at once, and it's a very, very stressful job um, because she's dealing with deadlines for production and uh, making sure features are met. She's doing QA on stuff. Um, she's sort of the final mm-hmm. point for our QA team as our integration tester. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um So, I mean, project manager probably isn't the right role for her or the right term for her, but that's just because she has so many roles that she's taking on. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of them definitely is project manager for a lot of other things that are taken care of at the company, just not for me necessarily. Gotcha. And and you you think there's a benefit to the fact that you don't have to do that piece, right? That you don't have to gather those requirements and then explain your position on, on tasks. Right. Because I would be more abrasive than I think the person who's developing these things would want. When I say Mm. like this thing is dumb that we're working on and it's going to take a month. Um, and so I can speak honestly to her Mm -hmm. and say like, here's, you know, Here's my historical reference for this thing. So I've been doing this for 20 years now. And as much as they might want to have an animated cursor that has lines that follow you as you go around the screen, I can say, well, I remember in 95 when people did that. <laughs> and it's still dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's one of the... We 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 still we 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 need an operations person before we have a dedicated uh, PM in my book. I mean that's we we still need like a person dedicated just to manage servers. Um, yeah, I think in your in your guys's position, if there's a task that you can offload to somebody that is an annoying day to day thing for you guys, then that's what you want to focus on hiring for, because you're really hiring somebody to get. The problem out of your head, right? And in our position again, with the fact that we're working, like like your scenario is a little different in the sense that it's all internal stuff. You're not working with external clients, and it's like we we almost need like an account manager, not so much a PM, but somebody you know to manage the accounts the from top to bottom for us. When we get to that level, and I just don't feel like we're we're there yet. I don't know. It's a tough call. I definitely would like not to have to deal with it, and we've had a lot of issues that I feel like somebody in that sort of role might be able to help. But even when we try to use somebody as more of a PM, it 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 was uh, it was still a challenge. But to their defense, they they weren't really a PM either, so. 
That's the thing about that's the thing about putting someone who's already on board in the position of a PM is I think it's something that you have to have experience doing or you have to mm-hmm. you know you have to work under somebody who's an experienced project manager before you can really take the task on yourself. Right. Um, you know, I remember at one point I was promoted to a manager position and I had no understanding of management and was demoted within two weeks because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, took me aside and said, we're sorry. We just threw you into it. We didn't know you had, didn't know what you were doing. And mm-hmm. I said, well, why would I know what I was doing? I'm 21, just got out of my tech school. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's how it is in the enterprise as well. It's like the, the goal in the enterprise is to become some sort of manager. Like you're not you're not meant to do the the systems administration and stuff, or coding or you know those those sort of tasks that they can they can farm out easily enough. Right. They only hire you to do that for a little while until you, they feel like you can manage it, manage that role, and then they start farming out your task and then make you manage it. And yeah, and uh, the last thing I want to do is be a manager. Yeah. Yeah. So another question for you, Thomas. Do you do any sort of uh, kind of like sprinting sprints? We have uh, stand up Alice in Slack, thanks to Eric. Uh, yeah, but so that, do, that just says what? What did you do yesterday? What are you going to work on today? That type of stuff, right? That's not really. Mm-hmm. It's not really. I'm talking about more in the in the realm of the project. Do you have two weeks re- or? three weeks or whatever, where you're working on a specific chunk of tasks. Our tasks are small and we deploy at least once or twice a day. Um, I deployed three tasks today and I had to push out a total of, I think eight times to production. Mm. Um, it's our stuff moves real quickly. We're not doing big projects or overhauls. We're just doing value add features and modifications to the admin interface. And, you know, we're tweaking cache on things. It's because we just have the one product, the one big product, then all we're really doing is maintaining that product and doing small itsy bitsy work. Um, do you ever have this scenario where we have multiple developers working on one problem or one? Yeah, so we've done a couple large overhauls of the system of the uh, front end. Um, you know, removing a bunch of features and then adding a bunch of new features, and that does require uh, work. But that work is usually between one developer and one front end develop, one back end and one front end developer. Mm-hmm. So we both just get assigned onto the ticket, and then I run a bit of the management of that ticket to make sure that everything gets put together. Yeah, one of, the reason I ask is one of our clients just picked up at, for the start of this year. I guess it's their New Year's resolution. They have a product owner that is all about forming, formulating the product, like trying to figure out we're going to work on sections of it throughout the year. And they're mm-hmm. doing six-week sprints, and they took half of the developers working on it. So that they, uh, well, they took four developers, and they 
it's a big chunk of tasks that you have six weeks to work on and hopefully you get it done. But it's up to us to decide what we're going to work on, when we're going to work on it. Uh, so there's flexibility, but still some sort of structure around it. Yeah, and to me, that system requires somebody who's really good at Scrum and and all of those different time management techniques and people identifying how long stuff is going to take to to work on. And that's a whole process that I think takes years of refinement. Um, when we were at business.com for meetups, we got a presentation from their Scrum manager. Scrum master. Scrum master, right. Can't be a manager, has to be a master. Uh, their scrum And their Scrum master went over how Scrum works for, I think, 35, 45 minutes, and then maybe an hour of questions about, like, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with this? And it was like, oh, well, that's you learn that through experience. You learn that through experience. It's, your team developed its own system for doing that, and yeah. you have to reevaluate on a daily basis. And it's like, okay, so your job is just full-time reevaluating everything that's being worked on. Mm-hmm. I, mean, uh, no, I mean, we had three different meetings, anywhere from an hour to two each with six to eight people on it at any given time going through the, the list of tasks, trying to break them up and trying to estimate them and then getting into arguments over the estimates. And it's like, yeah. And, and that's the thing that you want to avoid. Cause how much money did that cost you versus how much time did it save you? Right. I mean, it's, and that's my, my thing with scrum at my company is that I don't want to deal with it. And, I don't want to deal with the extra time that that adds for every meeting and every additional daily stand-up we have to do. Well, I think it was more, you know, and we don't have a need for yeah, it. Yeah, I think it was more around, conf- not necessarily confusion, but some people want to be way too accurate on the estimates versus, I just wanted to throw numbers out there. Like, I think this is going to take more than a day, so let's break it up, or whatever the case is. Yeah. Uh, and some people wanted to get down to the details of, well, we got to include time for testing and review and uh, QA, coding, architecting, like all these. And it's like, yeah, I understand all that. But at the end of the day, this is our first time doing it. Let's throw numbers at the wall and find out how far we miss. One, Yeah, that was one thing that the Scrum Master focused on or that I focused on with that, that he was talking about was that the stand-up, is a stand-up because you don't want it to take two hours. You want it to take five minutes. And everyone does their independent analysis of how long something is going to take and then brings it to you. And you either approve it or say, you're wrong there. I'm going to hand it to someone else who can do it faster if if it's going to take you that long. Um, I mean, it's that it requires a very aggressive form of management, which is saying... I know you can do this faster than you think you can, or I know this is going to take longer than you think it will, and I hate that kind of management. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it's like, can we, you know, for me, present me with the, the challenge and ask me, can we hit it in a day and a half? And I'll say, I'll say, yes, we can hit it in a day and a half, or I'll say, no, you're missing a crucial complication in the ticket you're saying we do this and this and this but 
the problem that this thing introduces is going to take longer to solve than you are projecting it to take. Uh, I have stuff like that all the time where it's, you know, add a new column, populate the column, and then fill it out with this and that. And I'll say, well, that that's going to conflict with another column that we have on another product type that's going to have issues. So I have to add filters all over the place for this new definition and you know, that's that's the self-management that I like to use, that I like to have other people use. Um, just because it trusts that the person is reviewing the ticket and understanding the work before they're giving you some kind of estimate in a, in a meeting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, estimates are, are tough. Yeah, I mean, we have JIRA, and JIRA has all this this estimated time and subtask management and like, is it a feature or is it a bug fix or is mm -hmm. it uh, a new release level? I don't even know all the things that you can define in it, but to us everything, yeah, we have improvement task feature and bug. Mm -hmm. And to me, all three of those are identical. <laughs> like, I don't care in the end if it was called a bug or a feature. I care that it, the ticket works. Yes, but management cares of how many bugs are we... How much time are we spending on bugs versus how much time are we spending on new features? Yeah. Where, where's the money going? Is important. Well, I would define some of the newly, newly requested features as as intentionally introducing <laughs> bugs sometimes. I was working on a fun one today where they have this whole idea around teams in the software and you basically buy seats, right? You buy a number of accounts that you're paying for. But within this company, you can have admins underneath admins. So it's this whole organizational structure to the account, which is a pain. And then how the billing was happening was completely, wonky for lack of a better word where the the person who first bought the account may buy buy 10 seats and then they can give out nine admin accounts but each one of those admin accounts has seats underneath it that it can uh oh, so obnoxious it's a it's such a pain and then we we found a a bug but it's been that way for a decade now where <laughs> the the, the the sub-admin was basically using two seats, one in the admin's account and from their own account. And it's never been pointed out before. It's kind of weird. And that's that's why people use LDAP and Windows Server. Yeah. I mean, account management is what Windows does for a living. Mm. Yeah. Um, I did want to say, if, if you happen to be listening to this and you heard me say we, we just onboarded a bunch of uh, new people, which we have, um, including a bunch of uh, junior developers and stuff. If you're one of those people who responded to our tweet about hiring and you filled out the, you filled out the online application, we have not hired for that position yet. So, And we actually are just getting ready to go through kind of our second round of reaching out to people. So we haven't even reached out to anybody. So if you filled out one of those applications and you haven't heard from us, we're, you know, it's been the holidays, it's, we've, we've 
gotten such a huge response. Uh, I think we're up to like 44 or 50 responses. So a lot of information to, to go through. And we appreciate everybody who applied. Um, that's make sure, make sure you put Patreon on the cover letter if you're a Patreon. <laughs> that, that, would, that would help, you know. But uh, it, it, uh, it, it, that's definitely a higher level than what we consider the junior developers we brought on um, is. So uh, I just didn't want anybody to get too discouraged if you heard us talking about that and you just assumed, oh, crap, you know, I, I didn't get the, ro- the position. But then also keep in mind still, that we've uh, gotten like 45 applications and there's only one spot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's that piece too. So I got into an argument. But yeah, how happy to see how many people were excited to I got apply. into an argument with my in-laws over this uh New Year's Eve actually. We went out to dinner and they were asking if we hired for the the position we're hiring for. And I was like, No, yeah, we you know, we got a lot of applications and we got quite a few from overseas. And I did some research and it's very easy to pay overseas people as far as we're concerned until something happens in that country. Like one, we have to know that country's employment laws, which could be a pain in the butt. And then you read some horror stories of, yeah, you have an employee that then holds you hostage or, you know, is demanding more pay. And if you don't come to some agreement, you may have to take that person to court. And the one article I was reading that was a huge deal in Brazil. You trying to find a Brazilian lawyer that spoke English and would take the case and not Portuguese. Not all of a sudden, whatever. What? What? <laughs> you're, you're you're killing me here. So anyway, so so I'm I'm talking <laughs> to my in-laws about this, and they're like, "Oh, you can't do that. You can't hire overseas. You know, you, you have to worry about your client's state." I'm like, "I have to worry about that with hiring in the U.S. too." And they, they kept going on. I'm like, it's the same thing. I, I, whether I'm hiring overseas or here, people can be bad. People can be good. There's not like living in the U.S. makes people great people all of a sudden. My two cents. Yeah, you can't say that too loudly in Colorado Springs. People get angry. I, I just think it's, it's a ridiculous <laughs> thought that if, if people live overseas that they're immediately up to no good. Those Canadians... They're nice, but it hides a dark, a a, a dark inside. <laughs> that that major that major C between the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Forget about that. How, how is how is that whole transition going? I know I see, I see updates from you guys in Slack all the time, but uh, is it going smoothly? Uh, as far as making people employees, yeah, you're moving from going. Uh, Contractors only to employees uh, but, because of California's new Yeah, law. it's going great, except for as we were starting this recording, I had somebody writing saying, hey, how does overtime work? Because we made it clear, now we have to pay overtime. Let's not just, before it was very flexible, you worked when you wanted to. Now because of overtime, you have to basically get permission because it's going to end up costing us a whole hell of a lot more, right? And... In the past, if you only work a few hours one day, the next day you could work lots more to make up for it. And I believe the California state law is over eight hours is overtime pay. So it's not like you could work five hours one day 
and 11 hours the next day to make up for it. It just doesn't work out. So it seems like the law prohibits the flexibility that we would like to offer our developers. But I'm still researching it. I don't know if 100% yet. No, and I, yeah, and I think you're right. And, and they, it, it even rolls over to how many days in a row they can work as well. So, yeah, that's that's all all things. Yeah, I, I totally forgotten about that. That's I tell you, the, this new law. Uh, not a lot of people are happy about it. Um, I've noticed um, that. It's it's tough, and it's like at this point, even if they even if they reversed it. You know, it would be nice to give people the option to be a contractor or employee. Um, but, you know, at this point, we're just like, we're down this path now. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to reverse this. <laughs> have you guys, yeah, looked, we, at, we, have you guys looked at flex time at all? Not yet. I have to figure all that out now that it was brought up. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think the the federal law is over forty hours. It's overtime, and I think California makes it explicit over eight hours in a day is overtime. But we'll see. so a couple changes to our stream for those interested. Um, we're seeing seeing some comments come in. Uh, I enabled, I re-enabled commenting on our YouTube channel, so people catching us on YouTube. Don't need to figure out how to get on Discord to to talk with us. Uh, if all you do is watch the show, you don't want to have the continuing conversation with us. You can actually comment on YouTube now. Um, we also now stream on the San Diego PHP Facebook page as well. So I don't know what that comment that that commenting looks like, but that's there also. Um, so yeah, we're we're streaming in more places, and we got we got commenting open in more places to make it easier. But ultimately, um, we do have a pretty active Discord channel. Um, if you are listening, maybe listening to for the first time, uh, Discord is John, myself, and Thomas kind of lurk in there all week long, and we have a lot of our regular listeners uh, in there as well, and. Uh, we kind of keep the conversation going all week in Discord if you're if that's kind of the thing you're into. But uh, that's uh, that's my PSA. Oh, and thanks thanks to all the Patreons. I uh, I think I spent Patreon money today. I I upgraded our our um, restream account to allow us to post to the San Diego PHP Facebook page. I needed to, I needed an upgraded account for that. So uh, that was like a hundred and I forget how much it was, but uh, yeah, I think I spent some Patreon money today. Still haven't actually gotten a gotten a good intro like I promised everybody we'd do, but because <laughs> you because you because you do a perfect one every week. Yeah, I do. You Stop doing all those numbers. <laughs> well, that was fun. I should do that again. Like Ugh. have a little tidbits of information. <laughs> John Thomas rolled his eyes at me. Uh, so one one thing I did uh, during the the vacation time was I built my Raspberry Pi Media Center. 
nice. I've got all of my media management stuff on a Raspberry Pi 4 with an external 6 terabyte hard drive. And boy, it's nice to just have a thing I can move around and not have to worry about and it's yeah, I have a I call it a Roku. Well, but you you don't you're not into, you know, downloading movies or anything like that. I, I am so I'm so over that. It was I'm such a pain in the ass. Well the whole objective is for it to not be a pain in the ass. It is though. But it's not. <laughs> but I love my little my little system. Although I'm surprised at how much the Raspberry Pi four is. Because it came out to like ninety dollars for me. And the Pi threes right. are like thirty five dollars. Well the Pi four is only I think it's forty dollars, but I mean if it came out to ninety you must have added a bunch of stuff to it. Well I got oh, the Oh that's I got, right. The the Pi four has the two, four and eight gigabyte version, huh? Right. And oh, it yeah. kind of requires a fan on the case for it. It runs a little hot. And I think the prices are artificially high because of the limits, the the availability. Mm-hmm. I think if you get the bare unit, the two gigabyte bare unit, Amazon has it for forty seven dollars, mm-hmm. and the one gigabyte is forty one dollars. So it's not a significant price difference. But then you add in like. The power supply, which is a high amperage USB-C, and then a case for it with fans and a heat sink, and then a memory card for the OS. It, it starts creeping up there pretty quick. I can see that, for sure. Yeah, so wow, you almost had to pay more than a hundred dollars for for a media player. Woo! For well, for a complete NAS, <laughs> it's it's a full <laughs> network storage system as well. So, you know, yeah. not the worst. Uh, yeah, I think I think once you put it in perspective, you, you still made out pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's it has a couple of. Well, the Pi 3 has a couple quirks, which are why I had to go to the Pi 4. I had to actually put the money mm-hmm. into it. The Pi 3 doesn't have USB 3, and it has uh, 100 megabit Ethernet, which is just sort of not enough for 4K video. So yeah, I, I'm actually on Adafruit. I don't even see them selling the Pi 4. Wait, wait, don't I see that? Yeah, try RadioShack.com. Radio Shack is still around. <laughs> Didn't add a fruit by Radio Shack. That was a, that was supposed to be the funny part. Ha! Ah. There, there oh, that's is. true. Raspberry Pi four, yeah. Four gigabytes, fifty five, uh, fifty five bucks. Yeah. I've never owned a Raspberry Pi. You got a few of them laying around the office there. Yeah. I enjoy them. They're f- I, I I play with them for a little while and then lose interest. I, I I never come up with anything creative enough to to do it. I think I think my next my next big venture into 
doing something geeky with my aquaponics, I think I'm going to try, try to break into the Raspberry Pi world again and do some self-monitoring with uh, the aquaponics system. I see a lot of uh, packages out there for that. I actually got a little, I got a little for Christmas. I got a little, little small aquaponic system I want to take to the office. Oh, nice. And, uh, a little, little starter kit, you know. Get a little fish in there and, uh, grow some, grow some herbs and, uh, just kind of get a feel for it. Is that herbs with air quotes or without air quotes? <laughs> without air quotes. <laughs> We're professional business, man. So. It's legal now. There's plenty of professional businesses that focus on herbs. That's true. <laughs> I- <laughs> oh, we're... So, anyways, coding. Coding, coding, coding. Who's coding? You make coding anything fun? Uh, I am coding an image reprocessor to convert all of our images into WebP format. Web P for me. Okay. All right. Um, Reason for that? The tools in Ubuntu that are in the existing Ubuntu repository uh, don't mm-hmm. properly pass the metadata through. Um, so, because of how our uh, editors process images, they leave all of the color correction as metadata and not mm-hmm. as final product. Um, so that was a huge, huge time sink for me, trying to get metadata copy over correctly. But besides that, we're looking at 20% savings on file sizes. Hmm. Which That's is, a big deal for you guys. As a media company, yeah, it's a pretty big one. Yeah. Um, so that was, that's an interesting project, you know, looking into that. Um, the fact that support for WebP format is uh, universal except for Safari, uh, and in fact, it was it was compiled into Safari by one of the developers. And when Apple realized that they had compiled a Google proprietary format into Safari, they had them remove it. So there was a version of Safari that supported the WebP format. But it was only in beta, and when the when the product went final, it was removed. <laughs> so thank you, Apple. Very cool. <laughs> but it was proprietary, right? Or so they can't include it. Oh no, they can. It's a it's a free license. It's a totally free uh, license. It's just owned by Google. Gotcha. And it's not like an MIT license where there's some kind of complication. It's a totally open license. They basically say anyone who wants it can have it. But whatever. I guess that's kind nope, of Nobody's using Safari anyway. It's like 20% of our users. Really? Wow. At least. Every time. Yeah, we we have a, a lot of mobile that's users. Surprising. Okay, mobile makes sense. Yeah. Oh, iPhone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, iPhone and iPads. I yeah, gotcha. we're like sixty percent mobile users, and of that sixty percent, you know the standard deviations 60%. for yeah, it's pretty huge. Wow, that's crazy. Is it really though? Well, Is it really? That? One of our yeah, nah. 
Um, yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, one of my uh, one of our new developers we brought on, um, we're introducing to Laravel, which is which is fun. Um, I, he's uh, he's been a PHP developer for a while, so introducing him to the framework. I mean, it's, it's not it, it's taken him no time at all to to get his head around it, and I actually had him start his first project in Laravel today. And um, I'm actually actually super excited about it. So uh, I'll see how see how it works out. But um, it's always it's always fun introducing somebody to Laravel again because you you start you start to hear the excitement in their voice of you know it, it's it's like it's not like learning a new language. It's just like relearning a way of doing something better, sort of right. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, so it's been fun, and and I we actually have them working on a on a project, which uh, if all goes well, we, we may spin off as a little product. Um, so that's nice. I think if if I had made a New Year's resolution for twenty twenty, it would have been to focus more on product development than client work for Diego Dev. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. That's easier said than done. We've, I think, we've been saying that for years. Hopefully, hopefully, this is the year. So I don't have, I don't have my company's stats here, but you have a ticket, Eric, from a company that does oh, have stats. Goodness, I forgot about Trello. So you oh, have a ticket smokes. from Pornhub's 2019 Year in Review. Uh, really? Yes. And they show desktop usage at 16.3% and phone usage at 76%. 76%. Yeah, that's about um, part of what you're saying. Yeah, and of that 76% of phone users, 52% are on iOS. So you're, I mean, you're looking at. Forty percent ish that are using Safari that just can't use WebP format. I forgot I put this on here. This is from December eighteenth, twenty nineteen. Yeah, and so they're saying that forty one percent of all their mobile traffic is Safari. So very interesting. That the future is mobile. Unfortunately, I think we've known that for some time. I don't think that's anything new. Boy, they have they have all the weird. Stats you'd ever want to see, though. I don't know. I got somebody trying to contact me on Skype. Speaking of new employees, and I can't figure out how to get you boneheads in the background. Uh, here we go. I think I just did it. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Tell me you're busy, and they should be listening to our show live. <laughs> what do I pay you for? You're overseas. This is this, this your numbers. work day right now. You can be listening to us. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Then you start questioning life choices. I gotta show you. I'm tr- I'm trying to get, catch a hold of uh, the newest member of our family here. What? We got a uh, we got we got a new kitten. And this this thing is is an absolute this thing this thing is an absolute maniac. I don't know what to do with her. Hey, <laughs> cat, come here. Well, this is exciting radio. Oh my gosh. I got a new puppy. Oh, more exciting radio. I put some, uh, yes, I put some pictures out on our Discord for that, I believe. 
and for our, uh, for our boy, that's just like that's just like having a, a toddler for some Look reason. Look at this thing! Look at this thing! Ah! <laughs> She's a cutie. She's an absolute cutie. My, I, it was my wife's uh, Christmas gift. Um, she really wanted a, a cat, another cat. So, see, so we've had some bad luck with cats. Cats recently. So, so you're helping your wife become the cat lady. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I don't like the sinister laugh when he says bad luck with cats uh, lately. Well, you don't want to. <laughs> oh, we've had some bad luck with cats. Yeah, we don't want to go. We don't want to go down that path again. Very sad. Anyways. All right. Uh, I don't know. I think that's it. How long have we been talking? I feel like it's been an Way hour. Too long. Well, I've I've got some uh, classic crypto doom and gloom. Lay it on us. To round out the show? The creditors of the Quadriga CX cryptocurrency exchange. Oh, wait. Is it CX or, or CZ? CX? Are you CX. Sure? Okay, Quadriga CX uh, died at the age of 30, and oh. his encrypted laptop, which had up to $250 million of customer deposits on it, was completely locked out. Didn't we talk about this already? I don't think so. It's the first I'm hearing of it. Well, you, you, you barely show up for the shows. I'm pretty sure we've covered this. Did we cover the fact that the people who he owed money to want to exhume his body to make sure he's actually dead. Oh my God. No, I, I think that's a new twist. So that is the twist here is that he is 30 years old, died at the ripe age of should not have died. Uh, had a hasty burial and left $250 million in cryptocurrency on a laptop that no one can get access to because he's dead. Um, <laughs> So the customers want proof that he really did die, and they want to exhume the body and do DNA testing and make sure that this guy didn't just fake his death in India and run off with $250 million. I am really, really curious because it's so not – it would so not be surprising for a 30-year-old techie to fake his own death to steal $250 million. I mean, that's the story of Office Space, basically. Well, I don't think anybody was faking a death in Office Space. Uh, Absolutely. At the end, Milton fakes his death and moves to a desert island. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You are right. He does fake his death. Absolutely. Um, you said it. You said that. So I, it was a whole story of office space, and you're, now you're saying, "What was the end of it?" Well, that's the the, the <laughs> techies who have access to a lot of money and don't quite know competently how to steal it is the story. You take you take fractions of a penny and you redirect it to your bank account. We learned this. That we yes. did learn from office space. Well, we learned that from Superman too. And then off <laughs> But I will keep everybody updated on this because I am absolutely 50-50 on this, whether or not he actually died or faked his so death. You, I, when they exhume the body, are you going to fly there to make sure it's him? 
I'm just going to keep everyone up on the news that I'm oh. given. Um, no, the the, the lawyer's request for the body being exhumed requested that it be no later than spring of 2020. And amazingly enough, we are in the actual year 2020 now. So I, I will try to keep my, my nose to this article and let everyone know if uh, someone successfully pulled off a $250 million heist by pretending to be dead. That, that will be fascinating if they ever go through with it. Thomas, you're going to have to explain to me how Mr. Robot ended, because I've tried watching that a, a couple times now, and I'm still confused. Spoiler really? Alert, so look, we should hang up, and yeah. then you can explain. Yeah, yeah, well, let's not do it on air, for sure. But yeah. That's the gonna, show of the, that was the show of the decade. Everyone should watch it. Mr. Robot? Yeah. I don't I don't know. I I I am holding my my response on it until I really understand what the hell happened. <laughs> I was so in love with that show and then I and then I lost a little bit in season 2. Season 3, you know, got a little better. Season 4 was going fantastic. And then the last It takes a hard shows, turn. I'm like Yeah, it's like wait, what just happened? I'm yeah. very confused. <laughs> So, all right, all right, yes, yes, we won't talk about it here. We will talk about it, we'll, we'll talk about it in private. So we'll talk about it in the after we'll, show, if you uh, want to listen along. We, we, do have, we do have a uh, a show question here in Discord. What was our favorite movie of 2019? I can't even think of what I watched in 2019. I think Parasite was my favorite movie of 2019. Parasite? The New Grinch, the New Grinch movie. Yeah, I, I only went... Oh, God. You're so... You didn't go see a Grinch movie. Is I there think it was 2017. You're, 2018. You're, you're it was 2018. Worthless. But, I, but I've, watched, I've, I've watched it at least know. a dozen times this year. Oh, was Upgrade... Was Upgrade uh, 2019? If Upgrade was 2019, I, I'll, I'll vote for that. Yeah, Upgrade was alright. Was, was, up, was, up, was that 2019? What was, was Upgrade? That, that was 2018. Uh, it's basically Venom minus the Venom. It's 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 almost the exact same movie as that Venom. That is not. I have not heard that description before, but that's not far off. What? I would say watch it. It's it's the same movie as Venom without the superhero. Yeah, Avengers Endgame, Frozen Two. Yeah. I am Mother. Oh wow! Is that out? I am Mother. I didn't see that one. That one's a good one. Yeah. Um, what is oh, is I am mother? Is that like a robot? She's a robot or something? Uh yes. Oh my god, Joker! Joker came out. I guess Joker would be. Would Joker be was Joker. great. Yeah. Joker. Oh, John Wick three was out. I've never that seen any good. of the John Wick John movies. Wick they're good, but I wouldn't call them great film. No, they're just 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 action action yeah. movies there. I think Joker. Joker really was not what I had expected, and was really good. Rocket Man was good. It was out. Shazam. Pikachu came out. Shazam, Shazam was great. Really, I haven't seen really it. Had, yeah, I thought it was pretty disappointing. X Men: Phoenix Rising. No, good Dark boys. Phoenix. I, that I was terrible. That. Long Shot was actually pretty funny. I, I saw that on a plane. I didn't even. 
I didn't even bother to to pay for it or anything. I just it was on a plane and I watched it. And it, it was actually it was funnier than I thought it was going to be, but uh, definitely not one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, I think Joker. Just going through what I see came out. I think Joker is going. What about to the do new Aladdin? That, that, that Rocket Again. Man. Yeah, Rocket Man. Again, I haven't out. seen any of these. New Aladdin. I'm just talking because you're making me stay on here, and I thought we were hanging up. We're hanging up. We're done. We're done. We need to listen. Next week, we need to have some real code stuff to talk about. Everybody else talks about actual coding stuff, and. And we don't we don't talk about coding stuff anymore. So I, I will I will have some coding stuff. I promise. I am I am one hundred percent code next week. A liar. I promise. <laughs> liar. <laughs> no liar. way. Not a chance. I'm, I'm I'm digging myself out of this funk this this damn funk I've been in for months, and I think tomorrow is going to be my my breaking point. Either after tomorrow things are going to be all better, or all over. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> At what time? At what time? We have some, we have what, some what big tomorrow? meetings tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you know what time. By lunchtime. By lunchtime, I, I should have a better feeling of, of how, how my you know my 2020 is going to go. We'll see how it goes. We have some, we have some meetings. We have meetings happening. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Anybody, anybody have anything else you want to talk about? Negative. I think that's it for tonight. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys getting together. I, we haven't talked. I mean, we haven't. We haven't. Thomas, we haven't talked since the last time you were on the show. So I was happy you were able to get back on schedule with us. Yeah, it's been uh, nice. Things have been complicated and crazy, but uh, you know, always got to try and make make time for you guys. Always happy when you're able to show hey. up as well, John. It's always a pleasure. It was fun again. All right, and for everybody listening, we always, always love it when you guys listen. Give we, us feedback. We like you better if you're a Patreon. Discord. <laughs> yeah, that's you can buy our love. You, you literally can buy our love by going to Patreon and and giving us money. We will actually care for you more. So uh, <laughs> there's no shame in that game. Letting you know that. Depending on how this client work goes, we may be pushing the whole uh, YouTube being a little harder because we might need money. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll know more at, at noon All tomorrow. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. This is it. I'm signing off. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep, keep, it, keep ugly. it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly.